Hi there, food enthusiasts. My name is Chris Frachkowski, your host today for the Future Foodcast, where we talk with thought leaders in today's food industry and discuss the trends and technologies that will shape the future of food. Very happy today to be speaking with Lisa Whetstone. She is the Senior Director of Innovation and Growth Strategy at Myco Technology in Denver, Colorado. She also leads and is the brand owner of Goodside Foods Product Group. Welcome to the program today, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. Excellent. Well, um, we had a really good podcast earlier with your colleague, Jim, on talking all about Myco, Mycotech and the really interesting work that's going on there, sort of on the technology side of what Mycotechnology does. And now we're going to dive into the product side, which you are the perfect person to be um, introducing and, and talking about these important details with us. But maybe before we do that, you know, let's get our audience introduced to you. Tell us a bit about what you were doing before you came to Microtech and what made this an exciting place for you to be. Thanks, Chris. So I guess going way back, um, I was raised by two very passionate environmentalists. And I think sort of throughout my career, I've always been wondering how can I get more engaged in thinking about how to protect our planet? That was kind of common dinner table conversation for us starting when I was very young. I spent my first couple of years out of college doing strategy consulting work at Monitor Deloitte, working with big companies and helping them think about how do we prepare ourselves for the future of our industry? How do we think big and make aggressive moves, uh, you know, thinking ahead? Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I actually stumbled into an opportunity working with a meat company when I was in consulting. And this was my first time really thinking deeply about the food industry. And I was really amazed to learn both about the absolutely incredible scale of animal agriculture globally. And the fact that that was actually the single easiest thing that I could do as an individual to reduce my footprint. Now, this was way back in 2014, 2015, the idea of meat alternatives was really new at the time. And this company was just starting to think about what is the future of our industry going to look like? And mm -hmm. that really sparked um, an interest in the food space. I felt like there was so much opportunity to improve our food system, to be better for people and for the planet. And I uh, went and pursued my MBA at Harvard really focused on that topic and thinking a lot about where in the value chain is there the most opportunity to change our food system. And that really got me focused on thinking about how do we change the ingredients that we're using mm -hmm. um, and then combine that with a meaningful message to the consumer that sort of convinces them that changing their eating habits is important, is impactful, and can be done without sacrifice. Um, that's really what brought me to Myco, um, combined with, of course, a passion for the mountains and the great outdoors. So the ability to be located here in Denver um, and working at a company that's really on the forefront of rethinking how we formulate our food and beverage products that, that consumers see on the shelves of grocery stores um, with the ability to really touch a wide variety of products, categories, and customers. And that is really something that led me into this uh, project working on Good Side Foods, which mm -hmm. we'll 
I'm assuming get more into now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say super encouraging and exciting. I, I think for this podcast in particular, where we do really focus on sustainability and, and foods and the whole ecosystem of foods. And I think it's really great to hear that you essentially have a lifetime dedicated to sustainability or, or certainly passion around that. And that that has led you up to a decision that you can make the largest impact in this in the food space. And that means a lot. You know, I, th I think it means we're kind of pushing in the right direction with sustainability and food. Um, and, and the industry certainly um, owes a lot of uh, gratitude to people like yourself who've made you know, their life effort to contribute and make things better. So thanks for that. That's that's the hope. And I will say I'm certainly not alone. It's it's really incredible. And the years since I've graduated from business school, the number of individuals reaching out really interested in how can I make an impact on our food system. So shout out to all those folks as well. Exactly, exactly. Well, excellent, excellent. Now, you also commented on Good Side Foods. And again, we in our previous podcast, which we'll probably have a link to somewhere in this uh, episode, we learned a lot about what mycelium can do for plant proteins and the food products that can be made out of that. And for our guests, that, or sorry, our viewers that don't know mycelium, essentially let's call it the roots of mushrooms. So all the activity really goes on um, in the mycelium. And from that activity, we get some very interesting food products. There's a tremendous amount of technology that Mycotech has developed and put to work. And you have the great opportunity to be helping to, I guess the first product out of Mycotech which is Good side foods and tell us a bit about that product and what it is. Sure. So stepping back, Mycotech is a B2B company. We're very focused on creating ingredients that other brands can integrate to create better products. But as we think about, you know, how does our technology and the use of mushroom mycelia allow us to create better ingredients? We realized that we wanted to be much more connected to the consumer. This helps us both to think about, okay, how do we talk about our technology and our platform and how it's different in a way that consumers understand so that we can provide that guidance to our B2B customers as well. And it also helps us think about what we should be working on next to really stay connected to what is important to the consumer. So Good Side Foods is microtechnology first ever direct-to-consumer product. So it's the first product that, that your average person can, can go online. You can look on the Good Side Foods website or on Amazon, and you can purchase this product. And really the goal of this product is to empower consumers to find more and better and easier ways to eat plant-based. So we really think of this ingredient as one of the ways that, you know, the second generation of plant-based is going to progress, which is all about providing consumers with options without sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really something that our technology platform is allowing. When we take plant protein inputs, a mix of pea and rice protein, and we ferment it with the mycelia of mushrooms. So those mycelia are essentially transforming those inputs. And when it comes out the other end, it's got an improved taste and it is also more digestible. And, you know, this is the same ingredient that we're selling to companies that make 
burgers and chicken nuggets and sausages and granolas even, but we really want to show consumers, you can take this product, you can create your own meat alternatives. It's only three ingredients. You know, there's nothing else on the label and you can decide, you know, what else you want to add. You could turn it into meatballs or tacos or bolognese. And I have to admit it, I fooled myself. My boyfriend made a pasta the other day and I had a bite and I asked if it was ground turkey. And he said, yes. And sort of laughed at me a couple of minutes later and said, no, this is good side foods, my own product. I tricked myself. So, you know, it's, it's really about giving consumers another choice. The rise of cooking at home during COVID, you know, I think kind of couples nicely with what this product offers, which is just Mm -hmm. a way to take a really clean label product add plant protein into your diet and make it taste just the way you want. Yeah. I was just going to show a clip from, so are we seeing the the good side foods product here? And I wanted to ask you, Lisa, now that you've given a great introduction to the product, but now our, uh, our viewers can see a little bit of, you know, here's the actual, actual package and the product itself. And to me, it looks a bit like, for example, ground beef or ground beef substitute. And I guess that in some instances, what it is. This is exactly the type of ingredient that's going into plant-based products that you see in the market today. You know, one of our best customers at Mycotechnology is Plantera, who makes the Ozo burger, and they Mm -hmm. utilize the same ingredient to create their burger. And I think that's what's really cool for consumers mm-hmm. to see is, wow, this, you know, this bag, it's shelf stable. You know, it's, it's a dry product. It's got a three-year shelf life. I can keep it in the back of my pantry. And when I would have maybe used ground turkey or ground beef, all I have to do is take this product and add either broth or water, mix it up. And it, you know, really starts to resemble a very simple ground meat product And all that's in there is plant protein and plant fiber. Mm. And, you know, you can add it, you can throw it right into a simple marinara sauce and simmer it a little bit and you're ready to go. So that's, that's really the beauty of this. And for me personally, not having to worry about going to the store to, to purchase something refrigerated so that I can add some added protein or texture to a pasta, a chili, McTacos. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really incredible, the versatility of the ingredient. You know, the reason I did that maybe a little bit awkward segue to looking at the website there is that to some extent is a really new product category. You know, if we're we're talking about, um, you know, different types of sausages, everybody, you know, knows what that is and we can talk about it. But when I see the product here, like you said, it's, it's really a direct substitute for easily for ground meats, for tofu, for other types of protein that people are using and, and very amazing, easy to add in product. Absolutely. And, you know, you're right. I think the most challenging thing about launching this product is it requires new behaviors. People mm. need to think a little bit differently about their options for, for making a meal or a snack. And you have to remember, I can just throw this into this recipe. You know, you, you get used to the process of using it. I found, you know, some people who at first were very confused. Once they use it a couple of times, 
they start to realize how easy it is. And that's something that's really important to us is making it very clear that this product is accessible to anyone. You don't have Mm -hmm. to be an expert chef, just got to give it a try. And I know that, you know, it it tends to surprise people with Mm -hmm. how easy this can be to use, even though it is a little extra step, right? You have to you know, pour it into a bowl and you've got to hydrate well, it. This is, this is what we call cooking at the end of the day. It is just, <laughs> we've been doing that cooking. for millennia. Yeah. And uh, it, it, I was also interesting that you noted, um, essentially, essentially Microtech is a B2B company. You're selling to other companies who are making other amazing food products. Yeah. Um, and this is a chance essentially for consumers to shortcut that process when they want to be a little more hands-on with their cooking and really go to some of the raw material that is used by many leading companies in the world that are producing prepackaged products that are made out of plant-based protein. Yeah, exactly. I think that it's going to take a little bit of time for people to get accustomed to this new category, but we, we feel that, you know, our feedback so far has been incredibly positive. We've had a lot of interest, um, especially from folks who are really starting to question, are these products actually good for me? I, mm. I believe that it's better for the planet to eat plant-based, but I've got to look out for myself too. Right. And knowing that, you know, you can create the same sorts of products. It's got 17 grams of protein in a serving, you know, only mm-hmm. 90 calories, three mm-hmm. ingredients, it, it really does kind of open that door for consumers to think differently about how to eat plant-based. And I think the other important thing too, is we really view this as a way to help our B2B customers as well. We talked a little bit earlier about being able to learn about how consumers are receiving the product. What if they notice something about how they cook it that, you know, really transforms or opens up a new opportunity we're starting to hear commentary about, do people understand when we talk about mycelial fermentation using simple terms and images, you know, does that help them understand what value we're really bringing? And, you know, the hope is that this can help inspire our customers as well. And we can really partner closely with them and sort of cross promote these products to say, Hey, if if you liked the way that these textured crumbles sat in your stomach, maybe they didn't sit so heavy, you should really go check out the Ozo burger. They're using these types of ingredients mm-hmm. as well. And I think that we're really hoping that this can align with what we're doing as a company much more broadly. Well, you touched on two points um, a little bit earlier. Customers are convinced that it's good for the planet, but is it good for you? Is it good for me personally? There's two different aspects of sustainability. There's the global ecosystem sustainability, and then there's the individual human sustainability and (laughs) happiness. Maybe tell us a little bit more about this product and how it is significantly more sustainable from an environmental and a resource point of view than other products that may be out there that are still great products and we love them. But, um, you know, for example, as meat replacements, how are people understanding that this product is meaningfully better in, for example, reducing carbon footprint, other environmental factors? Yeah, I mean, I think it really eventually comes to the most important point, which is the comparison against meat. And, you know, I, I want to emphasize that, you know, I, I think this is a rising tide that, that lifts all ships. And, you know, I, I know that 
a lot of folks in the plant-based industry continue to have a lot of confidence that, you know, this is going to be the way of the future. And so we really want to be a part of that wave and presenting it in an alternate form that can sort of complement the access consumers have to ready-made products that are pre, pre-flavored, pre-packaged. So, you know, again, I want to say that it really ultimately is about the comparison against animal agriculture mm-hmm. and, you know, switching to a plant-based protein source, especially, you know, in our opinion, pea that has a lot of environmental benefits. It's a nitrogen fixing so that, you know, it's beneficial for the soil. We, mm-hmm. we really feel strongly about um, that transition. Anyone who's choosing to consume a pea-based product instead of an animal-based product, you're reducing, you know, by more than 90% the footprint per serving. And there's a lot of data around that. And, you know, that we continue to refine um, as an industry, our view. I think, you know, it is also worth mentioning that supply chains are, you know, a big part of uh, carbon footprint and purchasing the raw material that might otherwise have to get shipped to a production facility and, you know, packaged and shipped to retail, et cetera. We love the idea of shortening supply Mm -hmm. chains and providing consumers direct access to an ingredient before it has to go through a more extensive process getting formulated into a finished good. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think you threw out a number there that's important and I understand it's easy for people to grab onto that and say, and you know, these numbers are all over the place, but a reasonable target being 90% um, less impact, say from a carbon point of view than meat-based products. And, and that is a hugely important factor in with all the issues going on today. But I would also note for our consumers, because not all of us, not everybody's a, a vegan, vegetarian, et cetera, you know, we've had people on this podcast that are leading big international companies and they are into meat and dairy and all sorts of products, but it's not an issue of only eating this or only providing that product. I think that we see in sustainable development, it's, it's an option and it will increasingly come a more and more important option. And, and that's our mitigation and enjoying life better, but also improving the planet in the same process. Absolutely. I think, you know, it's much more common these days to hear someone say, I try to eat less meat. And, you know, I think, you know, if everybody had that mentality, even if it's just one serving less a week, that's going to have a far greater impact, very small portion of people that make a really big, meaningful commitment to be a hundred percent vegan or a hundred percent vegetarian. And I think that shift is well on its way that with the understanding of this data, you know, getting uncovered more and more just on exactly the impact of, you know, switching from one meat burger to one plant-based burger. I see a lot of people in my life who still love to eat meat say, yeah, I try, you know, I try to only eat meat at dinner Mm -hmm. or, you know, this time I I'm going to try to, you know, eat a plant-based option for this one meal. And that's really, again, it's all about choice without compromise and starting to show consumers, you don't have to compromise on the label and your health. You know, you don't have to compromise on cost. And that's something we haven't really talked about yet, but we Mm -hmm. really want this product to be accessible. It costs $1 a serving. 
it's shelf stable. So, you know, it's really easy to have that on hand and got really great use out of the $11 bag with 11 servings. So oh. again, it's all about giving people choices where, where they don't have to compromise on the most important things, which are, mm -hmm. you know, taste their health and cost while still feeling really good about the impact that you're having on the planet. So we have to be realistic yeah. that, you know, we've seen this over and over again, people can recognize the importance of making sustainable choices, but you have to make it easy for them to make that choice. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier that although Microtech is fundamentally a B2B company, you're stepping into the B2B, B2C space with this product. And you're not only learning for yourselves how to improve your core product, but also for your customers and, and you know, everything from how to better market to what consumers feedback is and how you can improve overall. Absolutely. Along with this, in the, on the marketing side, um, as you, again, were mentioning before and talking about carbon footprint, increasingly many people are interested in that. And when they eat, for example, a plant-based meal versus a meal that has meat in it, what is their impact on that? And I'm curious, what has uh, Good Side Foods done to help people understand their carbon footprint? Or maybe what have you learned in your journey so far on what you can be doing in the future to help people better appreciate their carbon footprint? Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, you know, it's amazing how much activity there has been among companies and interest groups thinking about how do we start to label on this topic? How do we provide more transparency to consumers about the footprint of something they're consuming? This is something that we're thinking a lot about at Myco. We are often having these conversations with our customers, helping them understand What's the benefit, for example, of choosing a product that's based in pea protein over a product based in soy protein? Mm -hmm. um, so we have, we're gathering a lot of those metrics and we're looking at a lot of other industry benchmarks and studies that have been done. But I think really for good side foods, it's going to be all about what is the right way to put this on the label? And we don't have an answer yet. And this is going to have to be an industry-wide collaboration and effort, but I think providing that education first and foremost on what are the kind of blanket assumptions you can make. So mm -hmm. you can just assume if you're choosing a product that's plant-based over a product that's meat-based, you're reducing your impact by more than 90%. And that's mm -hmm. a really good rule of thumb. And then there's a lot more work that has to be done that gets pretty complicated with tracking supply chains and, you know, what happens when we have to swap an ingredient supplier um, mm -hmm. due to some complications that we're experiencing today. A lot of our customers are dealing with things like that. So I think we have a long way to go mm -hmm. to have a real, you know, this is the foot, footprint of this one bag that you're purchasing, but for the time being, just educating on the high level principles okay. feels like the most important place to start. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that you say, you know, there feels like there needs to be some wider industry standards for how all companies can communicate their carbon footprint and similar aspects of sustainability if they want to. And, you know, this entire program is based on sustainability and foods. And we certainly, I would say, would resonate on that comment that a lot of people are focusing on it and sort of struggling to, how do you... Yeah communicate to the end consumer what 
benefits they are getting and, and they're contributing to environmentally. And setting those standards could be an, an interesting path forward. I can imagine you mentioned clean label before. You know, we've got consumers that are spending a lot more time reading food labels. And who knows, maybe uh, five, 10 years from now, we'll see carbon content as well as how many grams of sodium and fat and protein are in a product. I sure hope so. That would be- There's some good. smart people out there thinking about this problem right now. So here's to those folks and, you know, we at Myco are, are here to help. <laughs> well, you know, but I think this is also telling. And if we look at your background, for example, you spent a fair amount of your life being dedicated to um, environment and things that can sustain and improve the environment and been through some very interesting institutions that are pretty well known and respected as well. And to, for us to be having this discussion and saying, how do we communicate this to consumers? How do we let them Absolutely. know what's going on with their carbon footprint. I think that what that can tell the viewers of this podcast is, you know, a lot of people are interested in that and there's no fixed answer. There's no, nobody's decided this is the way to do it. So that's why we're here. That's why we're having these discussions to try and help the community get there. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not an easy one to tackle. Mm -hmm. And uh, I hope there will continue to be pressure from consumers, from companies to, mm -hmm. to really formalize the way of tracking. And, you know, we're seeing this being thought about across industries. So, you know, maybe something gets worked out in, in the fashion industry that can be deployed in the food industry in some way. So, you know, getting it all coordinated and, and helping consumers bring in this kind of new metric to help them make purchasing decisions is going to be really, really important. Yeah. Well, I think this is exactly probably Part of the synergy you are hoping to create and with your executive colleagues with Microtech and bringing the B2C product out is now we're learning together also as a larger community around the world on this. And I really appreciate you, Microtech and, and Good Side Foods, putting in all the hard work to bring this to the to our tables. Oh, thank you so much, Wal. Very important topics. I'm very passionate about them. We at Microtech are very passionate about continuing to learn, to improve, and to bring things to market that people really want and that really make a difference. So it's a lofty challenge, but we're ready for it. Well, we certainly are very excited about it. And really, thank you for being on the program today, Lisa. Great things are going on. I hope a lot more people get a chance to try this product. And again, like you said, really getting, working their way up the supply chain to yeah. use the core ingredients of plant-based products that they can use to make all sorts of different foods. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcasts. Future Foodcasts is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry. 